0: The Fontenelle Final Bell podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids, the solutions you need, the relationships you trust. It's time for the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton, in for Susan Littlefield. Talking the trade with us today is Arlen Suderman of INTLFC Stone. Arlen, thanks for joining us today. Typically, I start on the grain markets, and they were lower today, so I want to talk on the movers and shakers of the market world today. That was the outside markets, the equities, the U.S. dollar, and oil. So, generally, what did we see for this big reversal to come the day after Christmas?
1: Well, we saw crude oil up uh, more than 8%, but still struggled to take out uh, Monday's highs because the market was closed on Tuesday. We saw the Dow Jones Industrial Average up uh, close to 600 points at times, uh, but still struggle to close the gap left by Monday's trade. Uh, I oftentimes warn our clients and our brokers, uh, about erratic trade during holidays, during the holiday season when volume can be thin at times and so, if everyone who is still left in the markets happens to line up on the same side or get caught leaning the wrong way, you get some real erratic movement. I think this was a textbook case of it, uh, both in the outside markets and in the grains. Now, when we look at the outside markets, what's happening today, I still see a VIX index that walled down significantly, down more than 10%. It's still above 30. It peaked at 36 on, um, on Monday. So what does that mean? The VIX is Wall Street's fear index. It's based on put option premiums for S&P um, 500 future put options. And so, therefore, when it's elevated, that means that there's still a lot of buying of put options. There's a lot of fear still on Wall Street. So even though the Dow was up by almost 600 points at times, and even though uh, we saw the S&P 500 up 25 to 3%, there's still a lot of caution there's a lot of traders that are still have some worry about the future in, in the commodities I've found over the years that whenever the VIX is above 30 it's very difficult for any asset to sustain a rally unless it has a compelling story it can do so but it has to have a compelling story to do so and right now without any additional big purchases by China uh, particularly in the other commodities beyond soybeans which are now moving into a south american market we don't have a compelling story you can make one perhaps in the livestock uh particularly longer term if african swine fever shifts a lot of business to the united states and pork is what i anticipate happening but it's it's not a real story right now well maybe not real is not the word it's not a an immediate story right now on the beef market we're seeing some supportive fundamentals but can we sustain that rally? That'll be the real test. In the grains, we really don't have that compelling story. So even though crude oil was up strong, that was a bounce in an otherwise collapsing market that we've seen. And so the grains, again, kind of ignoring it. So we're seeing a lot of volatility in these outside markets. Uh, some bottom pickers coming in, hoping that it's a bottom. Whether it is or not, only time will tell. But overall, fear remains rather elevated and that's weighing on the grain and oilseed markets and probably limiting gains in the meat complex as a result.
0: Arlen, let's discuss quickly the general health of the U.S. economy. We talk about the VIX. We talk about the fear factor on Wall Street, and Wall Street has been volatile. But When we look at the Main Street, the consumer dollar, the Red Book coming out today seeing a 7.8% jump in the week spending versus a year ago. The consumer is still confident.
1: Yeah, excellent point. So we have a consumer driven economy in the United States versus China that has an export based economy. So they have to sustain exports. We have to sustain consumer confidence. Now, Wall Street has been really plummeting of late in the stock market on fears that the a global economy is going to be slowing down. I found it interesting that uh, uh, there's an index that measures um, the big institutional investors and where they have their money and as they move it in and out of the stock market, that seems to reflect what their confidence level is. And in the United States, they're moving it out of the stock market. In Europe and in Asia, they're moving it into the stock market. And so, you know, Wall Street's worried about the global economy struggling And yet the investor confidence seems to be higher in particularly Asia than what it is here in the United States. When we look at the U.S. economy, we did see the Richmond Fed's uh, manufacturing index survey show some concerns. And what it basically comes down to is industry people, while the consumer is spending, and this may be close to a record-setting holiday season for the consumer spending money in the U.S. economy, we have businesses out there not knowing what's going to happen with China, not knowing what's going to happen with the future of of government policies with a divided Congress versus the president over the next two years versus investigations happening versus a lot of things, what the Fed is going to do. Is the Fed going to be too aggressive, not aggressive enough and stuff? Um, The business community is starting to pull back a little bit. And one of the concerns going forward would be if the Wall Street fears would perpetuate long enough that it would start creating fear in the consumer where the consumer would actually start slowing down their buying. We're not really seeing that at this point and we've seen breaks in the stock market like this in years past that did not result in recessions that did not get that momentum to become self fulfilling. I think most of us hope that that'll be the case this time as well that it does not result in a recession. Um, But that is currently what the anxiety on Wall Street is all about. The consumer, though, is still very robust in their buying here in the United States with both online shopping and in brick-and-mortar store buying. And so it's looking good for the U.S. economy in the near term. I think the primary questions are in regard to the future and where we're headed.
0: Again, we're talking to trade with Arlen Suderman, INTL FC Stone. We focused here on some major macro factors, talking about the outside markets, talking about the health of the U.S. economy. Coming up in our second segment of the final bell, we're going to discuss grains and livestock more in depth. So stay tuned. You're listening to the Fontenelle final bell on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell in the Rural Radio Network. I'm Clay Patton, in for Susan Littlefield. Again, talking the trade with us today, Arlen Suderman of INTLFC Stone. Arlen, in our first segment, we discussed a lot of macro points, including the outside markets as well as the general health of the U.S. economy. Let's go now into our commodities and start here with grains. Lower across the board, but soybeans taking the brunt of it. This is even after we get export inspections for soybeans.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and when we look at the soybean shipments, we're currently, for the marketing year, trailing the seasonal pace we need to be on in order to hit USDA's current target. And with that current target, we have ending stocks to 995 million bushels. So nothing bullish about that target. It's reduced from the previous year by more than 11%. So we're trailing the seasonal pace we need to be on to hit that by over 300 million bushels. So. Sales so far to China over the last few weeks to uh, Costco, their state grain buying agency, totaling almost 140 million bushels. That's why the market's not impressed. We have not yet even gotten to the point of closing the gap where we need to be to get back on pace just to hit USDA's current target. So even though China has bought soybeans, we could still see USDA raise their ending stocks estimate in the January crop report. And that's the big concern of the market now here again as we talked about these are holiday trading conditions and in recent years the seasonal trend has been for corn and soybeans to sell off or to lose ground in this inter-holiday period between christmas and new year's and some traders will simply trade that historical tendency also when you don't have the human element there, and you're dealing with the algorithmic traders, kind of, tr- and the momentum traders trading momentum in the market, you can get this erratic type of trade. The outside markets that proved to be positive today, and in the ags, and particularly in the grains, I should say, it proved to be negative. And uh, particularly when you hit sell stops from that computer trading going on, and accelerating, or accentuating, or accelerating the losses. And uh, the good news is, for soybeans, is we did hold for the March contract, or the January contract, excuse me, we did hold trend line support off the fall lows, so that's a positive. Now, it needs to continue to hold, but for today, we held it. In uh, corn, we did the same thing. So that's a positive, and we need to hang on to that and hopefully build on that and get some buy and come back in here. But frankly, this market lacks supportive news right now. And we're in an environment when you lack supportive news that the path of least resistance is lower.
0: Arlen, when we look here at soybeans as well, another thing that, and I've heard, I've had the discussion with several people today, is are farmers selling on farm storage or are they going to hold on it to it till the first of the year? Do you kind of have a take on where farmers are sitting in their cash positions?
1: Yeah. First of all, soybean farmers, have uh, many of them have received a first payment and they've received a promise for a second payment. A lot of them still have to get their paperwork in for the first payment. But basically, they're going to get $1. sixty-five for each bushel that they produced from USDA this year in addition to the cash that they received. And so many of them have received a net over $10 or better for their soybeans when you average it across the Midwest. Um, But as far as actual sales right now, generally we're seeing farmer sales being slow. We're seeing a few who are doing a little bit of sales at the year end because they want to pull some of the income forward into this year. They think they're going to be sitting a little bit better on income taxes this year. Maybe they're optimistic for next year. Things are going to be better. Um, And so their accountants having them pull some sales forward. Other than that, we're really not seeing a lot of sales go on. Um, farmers aren't happy with either corn or soybean prices, and so they're simply not moving. And in order to keep the supply pipeline flowing, that means that processors are having to really work the the basis and the spreads to, to pull it from the process. Uh, excuse me, from the commercials who have uh, previous sales in hand.
0: Arlen, right, let's move now over to livestock cattle. Kind of having a mixed day, but feeder cattle being able to close in the green. Are traders concerned about this storm that looks to be moving through the plains this week?
1: they are particularly in the northern western portions of the feedlot district some of the snowfall totals uh, forecast up there getting closer up there to a foot places uh, so anytime you get this time of year and you get the chance for some winds and some snows that certainly in the cold temperatures that are following in behind this storm that can certainly hurt those gains and so the market's starting to price a little bit of that in, and we've got some pretty good fundamentals underneath the cattle market as now uh, now as well. We've had some really strong slaughter rates in recent weeks. Uh, we're very current on the weights. Uh, the demand has been absorbing uh, the extra supply that's come onto the market, and so the fundamentals are are pretty supportive right now, and getting a little bit of support from the from the outside markets today as well, with the stock market uh, showing some strong gains.
0: Again, we've been talking with Arlen Suderman, INTLFC Stone, talking today's trade, starting out in the big picture of the font world, but then moving down, talking grains, talking livestock here in the second half. You can catch the Fontenelle final bell as a podcast by visiting ruralradio.com later on today. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.